It's time for a hard reality check. Our kids get bullied and rejected by their peers often. As a parent, it hurts to see your child treated poorly, and we can get caught up in the what-do-I-do spiral. Due to their autism, our girls can't always tell when they're being bullied, but they sure can tell when they're being pushed away. Today, we'll talk about the truth behind the impact of peer rejection and bullying of autistic children. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is Embracing Embracing Autism. Autism. So today's episode is not a fun topic for us, but uh, a much-needed topic. Well, if you look, we jump from love to something a little darker. The opposite. (laughs) A little bit less love, but I mean, still important. I mean, nonetheless, but yeah, definitely a a little harder topic and a little bit more painful one that hits a little closer to home. We really felt led to have an episode about the topic of bullying, especially of autistic and special needs kids, particularly because this is something that impacted me growing up as a child. And I am now seeing repeated in my children's lives. I'm seeing very similar patterns of bullying behavior from peers. And I'm now noticing that as our kids are getting older, they're now going to be basically five and six soon. They're starting to recognize the bullying. You know, at the beginning with a lot of autistic kids, it takes a while for them to recognize that. And honestly, some kids never really truly recognize that. But as the parent, you know when your child is being bullied, and that is just something that's been really hard for us to process. So even in this episode itself, we are kind of going to give a little bit of like advice and suggestion, but since we are honestly in the midst of this, I think it'll also be partially just sharing our experience and what we're kind of feeling about it right now. (laughs) Therapeutic. Kind of, yeah. A venting session. (laughs) Maybe like a little therapeutic too, like just talk it out. No, I mean, I'm kind of a tad surprised like we're already like encountering this as frequently as we are given the ages of our kids. So our oldest is five, going to be six in a couple months, and our youngest is four, about to be five in like a month or so. We've already had like what would you say, like three encounters within less than, I don't know, eight months or so? Like three major type of encounters. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we had one in like the summer last year, then like the winter, and then it it honestly just happened again like a week ago. So, I mean, it seems like it's flaring up more often than I thought would. I assumed like, okay, everyone kind of goes through bullying at some point in their life. It's just something like not everyone is as nice or friendly as you want to have them be. And sometimes they like are mean. And I assumed like, yeah, okay, we'll have to worry about that like in the older years, but like our kids are barely even school age and we're already hitting the ground running in multiple occasions within less than a year. One of the instances that happened was over the summer, we brought our kids to this local beach type of area. It was really fun for them because, you know, for an autistic kiddo, having access to water and sand is like a sensory haven. So they were really having fun there. And there was obviously other families around with their children. And our kids are contrary to what I feel is like an autism myth where They say that, you know, autistic people don't value social relationships. That's not true. There's plenty of autistic people who do value social relationships. And our kids are definitely the type that are eager to have these social relationships. They want to play with their peers. They just don't necessarily know how. 
and they don't really understand how they come off to their peers. So when they engage in play or what they think is engaging in play, they can come off as rude or disruptive or abrasive because they don't really understand that when you are trying to play with someone, you have to kind of ease into it and you can't just like bust into somebody's social circle and then just expect to be involved. So when we were at the beach, that's what happened. There was some kids that were playing there and our child tends to gravitate towards older kids, which is also very common in autistic kids. And that's something I did growing up too. I always gravitated to older kids and adults. And so she is attracted to those kids who are maybe a couple years older And so she will instantly see them playing and just walk on over and just pretend like she's part of the group. So if they're building a sandcastle, she will just join in and build the sandcastle with them without realizing that that other kid doesn't feel comfortable with it because, A, they don't know you, B, you're touching their stuff, C, you didn't ask permission. So to them, it comes off as like really rude, like, who's this person they just busted in and started playing with us? It's weird. But the problem is how they react to that. And when they do react, they usually react really negatively. And that's where, honestly, if it's been boys, they usually bully. So they'll start name calling. They'll start making fun of her. They'll start like mocking her. Or they'll do things where they try to manipulate her into doing things that she shouldn't be doing that she doesn't understand as manipulation. She thinks it's play. So that has been one of the types of interactions that we've had to deal with that's been particularly frustrating. The other issue is because she is attracted to older kids, usually I feel like there's less like a grace window of like understanding like social cues. Because she flocks to older kids, I feel like that's a problem because they have developed more social etiquette as far as how they are interacting with one another. So when she's budging into conversations and doesn't use some of the social etiquette that is more acceptable for that age group, it stands out as extremely unusual or odd. But if she was to potentially flock to like a younger group of kids that she was playing with, they might not have established or come into understanding of some of the social etiquettes at a younger age. So if she was socializing with like three or four year olds, there's not really a whole lot of like social etiquette. You basically just have to be like, hey, do you want to play? And that's basically it. But there's not like this back and forth trying to gauge like, oh, are they okay with me and their personal space using their things? So I think that that is another key thing that kind of works a little bit against her when she flocks to the older groups. I mean, when she flocks to like the younger ones, I think she does pretty well because they just want to play with someone and she's more than willing to play with them. So they're usually able to kick it off, but it's definitely when she's jumping to that older group that's like three years older than her that there's kind of like a disconnect. So I think that's one of the main challenges that I guess we're going to have to work through and try and figure out how to get her to understand some of the social etiquette a little bit so that hopefully she'll be accepted into some of these play groups a little easier. Unfortunately, it's essentially just discrimination on the disability because autism is a social disability. It involves having challenges in those social interactions. So when peers reject you for that social interaction, they're rejecting you for your disability. So it is a form of like disability discrimination, but unfortunately people don't really know or realize that they're doing it. So that's part of the problem. But the other thing that we recognized with her was that she is easily manipulated because of that. 
And that is something that also happens a lot with autistic kids and honestly, even autistic adults. They can struggle with understanding when they are being manipulated or when something is sincere. I have had instances with my daughter where another child who is older and therefore smarter is able to kind of manipulate my daughter into doing things that she wouldn't regularly do. They can convince her that they're just like playing a game. And that can get really dangerous. One of the things for our kid where that happened is they were playing at like a Burger King play place. And there was a bunch of rules on the wall that said things that you weren't supposed to be doing that were like dangerous. And this older boy manipulated my daughter into thinking that those were rules of things you're supposed to do. And so he was telling her, oh, do this, do this, do that. And like reading off all the things that you're not supposed to do. And then telling her to do it. And then she was laughing and playing with him, supposedly, by breaking all those rules. And then, of course, if somebody gets in trouble, it's going to be her because she's the one breaking the rules, even though she doesn't understand she's being manipulated. So that was another instance where my mama bear came out and I went and about chewed out that boy (laughs) and went to his parents. I think you chewed out his parents. (laughs) No, I went to the manager and I was like, yeah, this kid out here is breaking all your rules. The manager got kind of like flustered. So she went back to talk to the parents to have them like watch the kids. And I'm like, I feel like it's easier for you to kind of jump in with the kids because it's like anytime it's like dad jumping in to like a younger like kids. I'm like, yeah, doesn't have a good look to it. (laughs) And I was like, how do you navigate that? Like, I mean, boys, I guess, are like one thing because it can kind of be like more intimidation, like, hey, stay away from my daughter kind of thing. But like, I can't like say anything to like little girls that are like manipulating other than like be nice. And that's about it. I could see how that would be weird. Right. So I feel like that is like tearing me apart because I'm like, I want to help, but also I don't want to end up on like the news or something because (laughs) of people taking things the wrong way. I'm a four foot 11 female and I'm heavily pregnant so I can get away with it. (laughs) Yeah. They'll probably think that you're probably one of the kids on the playground too. They'll be like, who is this girl? I mean, minus the the pregnancy. (laughs) Speaking of the playground, that was really the, the last straw for me. The reason why we decided to do this episode Because we brought our children to the playground, and this was, what, last week, maybe? Yeah, about a week ago. ago. And our, our kids love to go to the playground. And honestly, the primary reason they like to go to the playground is because there's other children there. And again, they seek that social interaction. Like, they want to have friends. They just don't understand how to have friends, how to make friends. And it's hard. It's very hard on them. When I grew up, I had the exact same issue. I always yearned to make friends. And I was also the kid who was alone in the playground. And I would just be coming home crying, not understanding why I couldn't make friends. So when this started happening to my children, it hit home hard. So we brought her to the playground. And I had to basically witness firsthand this happening to my daughter She was out there trying to play with her peers. She was trying to engage with the other kids that were there. She was trying to play like the hide and seek or whatever it is that they were playing. And as she was doing that, I could see in real time her being rejected by the peers. There was a group of girls. And again, they were a little bit older, like maybe like three years older. And they were playing like hide and seek and tag and running. And they were kind of running after each other. And she wanted to get involved and play with them. And so she started chasing after them. And immediately as she did that, the other kids started running away. They were 
actively trying to avoid her. They were actively ignoring her. And the part that really hit home was that after that happened a couple of times, she thought that they were playing hide and seek. So she went and hid and nobody came to find her. And when nobody came to find her, she noticed. And this was the first time I have ever seen her notice when she's being excluded. Before, it was all fine and dandy because she didn't recognize that she was being ignored or bullied. But now she's reaching an age where she noticed. And when that happened, she came over to me. I was at a bench. And she just started sobbing. And this is going to get me emotional. So I apologize because it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see my child just absolutely hurt because these children reject them. And I can never get through this story without crying about it because our kids are so innocent and like they're so precious. And all they're trying to do is connect. They're just trying to be kids. And society is pushing back on that. And she sobbed and was saying, Mommy, I have no friends. And when she said that, (laughs) it just broke my heart. So that is why this has to be something we talk about. Because I know that there's parents out there who are feeling this too. And I know there's parents out there whose kids are struggling with this. And immediately, (laughs) Mama Bear came out, and I was like, we need to do something about this. And so now we are trying to put together, like, an awareness campaign in our local community. I whipped up some t-shirt designs to do some, like, local awareness. And I'm trying to, like, get people to, like, expose themselves to autism in our county and just really understand what's going on because our kids are starting to notice. and. That will have long-term consequences if it's not addressed. These kids will grow up with low self-esteem. They will grow up thinking that they're broken. They will grow up hurt and not understanding why, why nobody wants to play with them. And I think that parents really need to start addressing this with their own kids, whether your kid is neurotypical or neurodivergent, but especially the parents of neurotypical kids. Teach your children. Teach your children that there are children out there who are different and that it's okay and that if a kid is coming off rude or something like that maybe approach them differently maybe ask their parent maybe have your parent talk to their parent have some sort of introduction some way to mitigate or try to mediate that connection or that relationship because oftentimes our kids are getting bullied and rejected and it's not getting addressed by anybody so that's kind of like my rant on that hill about it, but it's just been, I think, a big struggle for us. All I want to do is play. So, I mean, I've been trying to be proactive in trying to find a social group for her. So at the therapy, I'm talking to other uh, parents who whose kids may or may not be on the spectrum, but they're getting therapy. So they have challenges that they're working through to try and overcome as well, or just um, some parents that we personally know and they have young kids. So, I mean, obviously we're friends with them, so they kind of understand uh, the situation and uh, their kids are nice and pleasant children and not super mean or anything. So I've been trying to build like a small little social group of like potential friends for like my daughter, just judging by how she interacts with them at like therapy, for example. 
so we can set up play dates and go to the park. So then she can start to see like she does have friends. It's just you have to look a little harder for them. They might not be as easy to make as like just going to the park and just pointing at a kid and being like, I want to play with them. You have to kind of be a little bit more strategic of your selection. So I want to just kind of boost her confidence to show her like you do have people that want to play with you. It's just sometimes not the people at the park on that specific day. And hopefully from there, she'll kind of get a little bit more self-confidence and not as like shaken to her core that she feels like she doesn't have any friends when she goes out to play. And one of the things that I want to kind of caution parents about is as somebody who got a late diagnosis for both autism and ADHD, I was neurodivergent growing up and I didn't know it. But I certainly felt that exact same peer rejection and isolation. And I am telling you, it will take a toll on your child and it does follow you through adulthood. Unfortunately, bullies are everywhere. And I've been bullied throughout my life a lot in my childhood, but it didn't stop there. I was bullied for my disability in college which is when I finally was able to get accommodations. But I was bullied at that time. I mean, to the point where they had me in tears and I had to like report things like it was bad. And I've been bullied for my disability in previous careers, like in previous jobs. The bullying and the discrimination, unfortunately, does not end as your child gets older. It's easy to think like, oh, you know, they're just kids They don't know what they're doing. When they're older, it's going to be easier. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. The bullying will be there all the way through adulthood. So the only thing that we can really do is try to instill as much of the skills as we can in our kids while they're young. But the other thing that we're trying to do is really reinforce the self-esteem while they're young. So another thing that we did is immediately put our oldest into play therapy that is specifically for autistic kids to help her work through the emotions since we know that she is now experiencing them. And we also make sure that we are talking to her at home and trying to build up her self-esteem and constantly reinforce that you're great the way that you are, you're loved, those kids don't know what they're talking about, and just kind of always reinforcing the positivity. Because if we kind of ignore it and sweep it under the rug, if there's no counter voices, and there's no counter opposition to whatever these kids are telling them, that's going to become their inner voice in adulthood. And again, I say this through experience. So it's really important that we work to actively change what that inner voice is going to sound like for them. Also, hopefully get some awareness to the parents of neurotypical kids so they can tell their kids not to be like rude to other kids that might seem a little odd or unusual at playgrounds. So hopefully that they'll be a little bit nicer or give the kid the benefit of the doubt that, okay, they didn't introduce themselves. Maybe I can ask, oh, what's your name? Instead of just like, oh, that's weird. Like, why didn't you introduce yourself when you want to play with me or something? Also, I think spreading awareness would go a long way because, I mean, that is kind of the first step in getting to embracing autism. So those are a couple of things that we're trying to do. Again, this is like really fresh for us. Usually we don't like to talk about topics until we've come up with like a solution that's worked and then we can give advice and suggestions. But I just felt like this one was so important and it's so impactful to me and my child that I was like, you know what, we're going to just have to talk about this because I know that this is something other parents must be going through. 
And I figured, you know, why not just get it off our chest and go ahead and talk about it and see if you guys can relate to this story. That's pretty much what we're going through right now and what our kid is going through right now. And we will probably give an update in the future on how that goes as we implement these changes and like these therapies and like these other things to see if we're able to make some positive change. But in the meantime, I think we're basically just going to keep an eye on her and see what we can do to improve the situation. And then we'll we'll give you guys an update in the future, hopefully sooner rather than later. We'll see how it goes. But the moral of the story is keep an eye on how your kid is feeling. And even if they're nonverbal, you can kind of tell if they're distressed or how they're behaving and see if you feel like they are struggling with some sort of bullying or self-esteem or how their body language changes around their peers, just in case. But with that said, I think we're going to cut this a little short because we're having internet issues. So before we end things, let's go ahead and do our monthly random selection, and hopefully the internet will let us do it. Otherwise, it'll really be a surprise. So for those of you um, listening, we basically do this monthly random selection now as part of our charity work at Autism Wish. So what we're doing is on the last podcast episode of each month, we're giving away up to $100 worth of sensory and therapeutic items from an autistic child's Amazon wish list. If you haven't learned about this, you can look up the eligibility guidelines and how to apply by visiting our website at autismwish.org and just click on the make a wish button on there. So without further ado, let's find out who today's winner is. So for those of you on audio only, you can't see the wheel, but you'll hear it. (laughs) All right, here we go. All right, it's spinning. Let's see who we got. And it is Alicia Milton. So congratulations, Alicia Milton. We will be reaching out to you via email that you provided And if all looks good and you're available to claim it, we will be granting up to $100 worth of sensory and therapeutic items from your child's Amazon wish list. So to wrap up, I just want to ask everybody listening, what are your thoughts about bullying of autistic children? Has your child experienced peer rejection like ours or bullying like ours? And how do you typically handle it? Do you think it's best to confront the children, confront the parent, Or do you feel like it's best to kind of just hold off and then just talk to your child about it separately or a combination of both? Let us know what you guys think by sharing your thoughts in the comments on both YouTube or Facebook at Autism Wish, or you can continue the conversation in our private community. Don't forget to become a member today at AutismWish.org for exclusive access to our private Embracing Autism community. That's where you'll find Matt and I for extended discussions and support. And you can also support our mission. So thanks again for hanging out. Congratulations to the winner. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. This has been the audio from the Embracing Autism podcast live stream series. Please check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Autism Wish to catch these shows live. Otherwise, stick around next week for our next episode. This is Embracing Autism.